certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. He took one of the stones from the place, put it there in his head, and lay down in that place. And he dreamed. A stairway was set on the ground with its top reaching the sky, and God's angels were going up and down on it. The Lord was standing there beside him, saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your offspring the land and which you are on. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out toward the west, the east, the north, and the south. All the peoples on earth will be you and your offspring. Look, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, What an innocent place this is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. two readings today. The second one is in John, the beginning of the Gospel of John, and we're here um, at the very start of Jesus' ministry. Last week we heard about the calling of disciples and um, the baptism of Jesus. And now, um, John 1, 43, on page 942, um, we'll hear more of the disciples, and Listen out for the connection with the first passage we have John 1, beginning at chapter 43. Uh, sorry, at um, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathanael you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus responded to him, do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, Truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. If you remember from last week, 
Uh, last week we looked at the passage just before. Keep it open, page 942. Um, and last week we saw two disciples had follow, been following John the Baptist. And they, remember John the Baptist said, look the Lamb of God. And a couple of John the Baptist disciples started following Jesus. Um, and do you remember, as in, in, the, in that passage from last week, they were following Jesus and Jesus noticed them following him and he turns around and he gives them a question. Do you remember what the question was? <laughs> you didn't know there's going, going to be a test. What are you looking for? Yes, Jane, full points. What are you looking for? Do you remember? He said, what, what are you really looking for in life? It was, it was, you know, like, because we'd seen in the passages all the different people that come to Jesus. They have all different names. They're calling Jesus. And it was, what are you really looking for? One calls him rabbi. Another one calls him messiah. Another one calls him king. What are you looking for? Why are we here on Sunday? What, what, are, you, what are we doing again in church? What, what are you looking for? Jesus asks us, what is it that we want? And what are we really looking for? And this week, as we're looking at different people that encounter Jesus, this week we see Jesus encountering a sceptic. His name's Nathaniel. And in the same way, he's asking the question of Nathaniel, he's asked the question of us, what are we really looking for? As he encounters this sceptic, we might be tempted to think, as we begin um, this morning, to think about people who are sceptics, are people who are far away from God or they're not interested in the God stuff. They've switched off from God. <laughs> um, people like, I suppose, Richard Dawkins type, What's happened to him lately? I don't really know. He's kind of been around. Hasn't, haven't really heard much about him lately. And maybe that friend or that neighbour that is anti-Christian or relative or friend we know. We might tend to think of a sceptic as someone like that. In the passage today, as Jesus encounters Nathaniel, I want us to see three things. Because we all have our doubts as well. And this will be really helpful for us. Nine, four, page 942. Something about people in the life of the sceptic, something about knowledge, and then something about a ladder. So people, knowledge, and a ladder. As so the first thing is, notice the importance of people in the life of Nathaniel, in the life of the sceptic. Have a look at verse 43. Philip is the, 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 where the story starts. Philip is the one who finds Nathanael. Look at what it says. The next day Jesus left for Galilee. He found Philip and said, follow me. Now Philip was from the town, the hometown of Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. And Philip is the one who goes on to talk to Nathanael. Now why is that little detail in there that Philip is from the hometown of Andrew and Peter? Because last week... If you remember, we saw the two disciples of John the Baptist and then we saw Andrew come to Jesus and then we saw Andrew tell Peter, come and see, we know Jesus. And now we have this little detail this week. Philip is from the hometown of Andrew and Peter. I think we're supposed to get that maybe Philip has been told by Andrew and Peter. And now he's about to go and tell Nathaniel. And remember, this is the point from last week. It's the invitation of Jesus. Jesus' invitation. What are we really looking for? Jesus' invitation. Come and see. And this invitation extends through people. 
from Andrew and Peter to Philip. And then Philip is coming to Nathaniel. And he's saying, hey, we've found, we've found the one that the prophets spoke about. So look at the importance of people in the life of the sceptic or in the lives of other people. The importance of people who know Jesus, meet Jesus, who go and tell others and bring others along, Andrew and Peter, in the hometown of Philip, and then Philip comes to know Jesus, and then Philip goes and tells Nathaniel. Philip's extending the invitation. But look at how Philip engages with this sceptic, because Nathaniel has a really good question. Look at verse 46. Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, the the bit's not in the text, but he pretty much is kind of saying, you know, you're telling me the one who's the prophet and the Messiah, the one who's been spoken about, he's coming out of Nazareth. This is a really good question. It's a really good objection. And you can almost hear the eye rolling as Nathaniel saying this, because everyone who's anyone knows that the Messiah is going to come from the line of David, which comes from Bethlehem. It doesn't come from Nazareth at all. But look at how Philip answers this question. This is the one who's extending the invitation. Look at what he says. He says, verse 46, have a look. He says, how dare you question the Messiah? <laughs> he says, the church, you've just got to believe this and that because you're a church. <laughs> no, don't be shaking your head. He says... He answers his question. No, he doesn't. He says, come and see. Just come and see. People have some really good questions about Christianity, God, Jesus Christ. I mean, how can a loving God allow evil? What's the deal with creation, evolution, science and religion, hypocrisy? There's a whole bunch of others. I'm sure you can think of plenty of them. But Nathaniel, Nathaniel has the courage. He doesn't have all the answers. But look, he has the courage to say, come and have a look at Jesus. Come and see. And he has the courage also to stay on the main thing. Come and see who Jesus is. It's about your response to Jesus. I know there are all these other issues, but he says, come and see. And you see what this means, right? How we deal with our own doubts but also how we deal with the doubts of others. It's our goal is to help others through other people, through ourselves, to help others respond to Jesus, to come to him, to know him. And in fact, having all the answers, it just gets more and more confusing anyway, the deeper you look at things. It sometimes is even worse. It's good to actually be able to just say to someone, you want to come and know Jesus? Come and let's look at Jesus. That's the important thing because that's what, that's what Christianity is all about. It's about our response to Jesus and who he is. And look at the courage of, of Philip. He doesn't have all the answers, he doesn't have it all together, but he says it's a, one person from his hometown of Andrew and Peter who's come to know Jesus and now he's saying, come and see. People in the life of the sceptic. But the second thing... Uh, is that something about knowledge. Notice Jesus actually knows more about Nathaniel than Nathaniel knows about himself. 
Have a look at verse 47. Jesus sees Nathanael coming toward him. This is a big step for Nathanael because he's willing to come to Jesus. What does Jesus say? Verse 47. Here truly is an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. Jesus sees who Nathanael is right down to his core and he speaks to him. Here is a true Israelite. He knows Nathanael's concerned about prophecy and about God, the reality of God. And he says, in you, there's no deceit. The word there is guile. There's no guile. It's kind of like he has nailed Nathanael. Nathanael could be there saying, yeah, I know I'm the person who wants to speak. I like to speak the truth. I'm pretty blunt about it. I'm out, you know, but there's no double speak with Nathanael. And Jesus, Jesus doesn't say that he's a cynic. Or a sceptic, but instead he says the positive thing, you, you want truth. There's no deceit. The reality is Jesus knows who Nathaniel is in the depths of his heart. What is, what is going on for the underneath for the sceptic and for the cynic? Because all of us, I'm sure all of us have had doubts. All of us do have doubts. And what's really going on underneath it all? I've got a little quote here uh, from a guy named Bob Thune. Listen to this, and then I'll break it down because it's a bit of a long one. But listen, he says, By claiming to see through the motives of others, the cynic assumes a posture of omniscience, all-knowing. Cynics see through the illusory truth of others to get to the real truth beneath. Far from losing confidence in truth, the cynic puts enormous trust in a different set of truths, its own tools of inquiry. Though cloaked in language of scepticism, cynicism is about the claim to absolute truth. What is he saying? What am I saying? Cynicism is not about abandoning truth. We might think of a sceptic being someone who's away from God, doesn't want to know about truth, has kind of given up on truth. But it's actually saying, I know the truth. I know the real truth. I know the bedrock truth. I'm the one that can see through everything. And I'm the one that can see what's exactly going on. But what's actually going on for Nathaniel? Earlier we saw, what did he say? His superiority. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Because he knows. And he won't put himself under anything or anyone. Because the cynic sees what's going on. Just last week at church, I was supposed to be in church about quarter past ten. And I got caught out the front and I was talking with someone. <laughs> you might remember if you were here or it was a couple of weeks ago. And the person was talking about... Um, I'd love to come to church. We're having a little chat. I'd love to come to church. She was talking about how um, how the how what says that people should like be like in the Bible and the reality of Christians. The gulf between you know what we should be like and what we are like. I mean that's true, isn't it? Like it's a the hypocrisy. And I was talking with her a little bit more about it, and I was talking with her about. You know, in the Bible that God sends letters to broken churches and how broken they are. We talked a little bit more and, and possibly invited to come to church if she'd be interested. But what she was talking about was that ability to see through things. You know, that, that and what she felt was that ability to see the hypocrisy of others. Cynical. 
the thing is, what happens to Nathaniel when he meets, comes face to face with Jesus? He's the one that sees through everything, and yet Jesus sees him. He says, in you I see who you really are, a true Israelite, and what gets you going. In you there's no deceit. You want to know the truth. And the reality is Jesus knows us and sees us. And all of our attempts to say, God, I'm not interested in you at the moment. (laughs) God, I'm doubting you and I'm just going to kind of go my own way. He knows us to the very bottom. And he sees all of it. And the thing is, we kind of think that part of our life, when we come on Sunday, maybe our life's sectioned off from God. There's only the Sunday bit and the rest of our life is, you know, that's just my life. God doesn't see that, but, but he sees it all, doesn't he? Remember in the psalm, the psalms that says, where can I go to escape God? If I go to the very highest of heights, he's there. If I go down to the depths of the ocean, he's there. He sees all of our motives, all of our thoughts, all of our... And that... That's a bit of a problem. And that can make us more sceptical and more hardened. I know what's going on and I don't want to deal with that. But look at what happens to Nathaniel. Get this. Look at what happens. He says to him this bit about, uh, what did he say? Uh, you're a true Israelite and in you there's no deceit. And look what happens in the story. Look as we keep reading. Verse 48, he's still got his guard up. Look here, he says, how do you know me? And he's kind of like, I think he's still, he's still at a distance. <laughs> and maybe he's saying, you know, this is kind of a very clever trick. Kind of like a behavioural trick, you know. Like um, Sherlock Holmes, you know, his, his superpower is he's, he's extremely observant. And he's able to understand people by looking at them and by engaging with them for a few minutes and it feels like a superpower when he says I know you and this is what you're going to do you know this is what but it's not a superpower it's because he has great observational skills is that what's happening here look at what Jesus says next the very next verse he goes how do you know how do you know well I saw you underneath the fig tree Whatever that means. But look at what Nathaniel says. He's like, I saw you. Son of God. Now, we don't know what. How could, how could you know this? How could anybody. We don't know what the fig tree is. And commentators wonder about it and talk about it and carry on about it. But it kind of misses the whole point. The whole, we're actually not supposed to know what this is because whatever has gone on here is so personal and it's so significant to who Nathaniel is that the reader isn't supposed to know. It's only between Nathaniel and between God, you see. And in the same way, it's, this, is, this is underlying this point that Jesus knows him to the very bottom of his heart. And he knows us to the very, very bottom. Not just the personality traits, you know, our 
Myers-Briggsness or whatever it is that we, when you fill out the form about your personality, he knows, Nathaniel, he knows us all the way to the bottom. And if he knows Nathaniel all the way to the bottom, and he knows us all the way to the bottom, he knows all the things that we've lost hope in, those things we've given up on. He knows all of the secrets. He knows every part of us. But look at what happens next. Because even though he knows everything about us, verse 50, Jesus says to him, look, you believe because I told you about the stuff underneath the fig tree? Well, there's going to be something, there's something even greater than that. Now, what could be, what could be greater than, God, than someone who knows us to the very bottom of our hearts. You see, a lot of us just, we just want to, don't we want to just be known to the very, like really known to the very bottom? You know, uh, I'm, I'm married, some of, some of you are married, but we don't, I don't, I'm still not known to the very bottom. My wife doesn't know me to the very bottom. I don't know her to the very bottom of our hearts. Does, don't we want to, what could be greater than just being known as well? There's something else here. Keep reading. He says, Truly I tell you, verse 51, heaven will be opened and the angels of God will be ascending and descending on the Son of Man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we had the reading before in Genesis. What is going on here? And what is he saying? He's saying God loves you and knows you to the very bottom but I've loved you to the highest of the heights. How does that work from this Jacob ladder thing? Because the story in the Old Testament which every Old Testament person would have known uh, is that there's a story with Jacob. He's running for his life. He's in absolute despair. He thought he'd been abandoned. So he knows he's on his own. Essentially, no one knows him, you know, really, fully and truly. He's on his own. He has a dream. He goes to sleep. And the dream, the dream, there's a dream about angels and descending and coming down a ladder. But the point of the dream is that God is there with him. And he wakes up and he recognises, ah, God is with me. And then he makes that place a temple or he says, you know, if there's any place in the world, this is where God is. It's right here. You see what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, what you've been looking for, what you're searching for, I'm here. He's kind of saying, I am the gate. I am the ladder. Later on in, in John's gospel, he'll say, I am the bread of life. He'll say, I am the living water. Here he's saying, I am the ladder. I'm the one. The greater thing that Nathaniel will know, it's not just having some insight into being known at the very bottom of his heart. The greater thing will be that Jesus, in being the ladder, in being the gate, what's going to happen? How is, it, how is he going to achieve that? Because the angels are descending where? On him, aren't they? He, you don't have to climb up the ladder. Jesus is coming down to, to him. What's going to happen? 
How is Jesus going to be the gate? How is Jesus going to be the living water? How is Jesus going to be the bread of life? He's going to die, of course, for Nathaniel. The one who doubts in everything. The one who thinks they can see everything. He's going to die for us. He's going to become and be opened up to become the gate and the ladder that all of us can walk on that has nothing to do with us ascending the ladder and trying to work our way up. But he gives himself, God gives himself for us. And that's the greater thing. That we can know God despite our doubts and our failure and our ability to walk away and our doing our own thing, all our pettiness and our efforts of ignoring God and saying, we, I know what's best and I know how to get to the bedrock of truth. I know what's going on. Jesus praises him to the highest. He knows us to the very bottom of our hearts and he loves Nathaniel to the very highest of heights. And isn't that what we all want, just to be known deeply, truly, but also to be loved and to be known that we won't be abandoned if someone knows us at the very essence of who we are. This is... This is God for you. He knows us at the very depths of everything. And yet, he loved us so much that he became the gate and the ladder, the Lamb of God for us. And that's why you can see when Nathaniel says, Son of God, he says, Son of God, he's amazed by what Jesus knows, but he's going to be even more amazed. If he can grasp what God has done for him. And see, that changes everything, doesn't it? In terms of bringing our concerns, our doubts to God. If we know that he is the one who has done it all, who's lived the life we could never live and who dies the death that we deserve. It means we become people that are more whole rather than cynical Less fractured. People who bring their lives to God in prayer and people who open our lives to God. Because we're known by the one who knows everything about us already. He knows it already. (laughs) But he's died for us and he loves us. Nathaniel begins off as a cynic. He ends up on his knees Jesus knows him, he knows us to the very bottom of our hearts and he loves us to the highest of heights. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for um, the people that you encounter in the gospel, um, that each week we see different people come to you with their needs and desires. We thank you that you show us and point us forward to your goodness and your love. For those of us here this morning that are doubting, that are worrying, help us to bring our doubts to you. Help us to recognise, even if we don't get the answers we need or think we want, that you are the one who is king. Help us to get answers where we can and help us to be satisfied with your mercy and your goodness, we pray.